What's up, Blessed Nation? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. As always, if there's anything that you do like from this show today, anything you hear that sticks with you, uh, go ahead and take a screenshot, post that on LinkedIn, post it on Instagram, mention me at Blessed for Success PC so I can share that with the rest of the world and with the rest of the Blessed Nation. Uh, now, without further, further delay, let's get into today's episode. Oh my God, this was one of the honestly, one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life, I think. And you'll hear me mentioning that throughout the entire episode. Um, just just a great listen, I feel, um, and a lot of actionable things to learn from this episode in particular. So pay attention. My next guest is a, is a health optimization practitioner and a true adventurer. He has run over 50 miles in a day, surfed during a hurricane, slept on the ledge of a cliff, and so much more. His mission is to help individuals eliminate their pain and optimize their seven healths so they can show up powerfully in their relationships and live a more vibrant, service-filled life. He has coached people through his process from all different walks of life, including high-level CEOs, multimillionaire entrepreneurs, professional athletes, Marines, firefighters, and SWAT. He is the best-selling author of The Legacy Code, a modern man's guide to escaping obscu- to escape obscurity and live a life unleashed. This was honestly one of the most empowering conversations I've ever had, to the point that I have even sent it to some close friends of mine, of mine prior to releasing it, uh, just simply because of the wealth of knowledge he shared in this recording. This is one I definitely can't wait to do again, introducing Armando Cruz. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Armando, thank you so much for coming on to the Blessed for Success podcast today. It's, it's honestly really great to have you on. I'm super excited about this conversation. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to it and uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually want to start with something very, um, well, I want to start with how I always start every, every single one of these episodes, um, which is, you know, at this moment in time on this wonderful Tuesday night, what are the things that make you feel blessed? Uh, well, I, I just put three of them to bed right now. <laughs> so uh, before we hopped on here, I, I, my, wife, my wife is actually in a mastermind. So tonight's the night that she goes out. So I had, you know, I take the take the kids, I put my my daughter to ballet, and then made dinner and bathed everyone, and now everyone's in bed. So uh, my three kids, my wife, uh, my parents, and actually my in-laws too. Very feel blessed about them too. It's a big, uh, it's a family affair. Everyone's everyone's involved. <laughs> um, but it sounds like everyone's definitely like ballet mastermind. Everyone's busy in your family, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So I actually wanted to talk about something that's actually very um, current and very recent to start just because I saw I was I was going through your LinkedIn and I just saw it just recently, which is and it really stood out to me. And this this is kind of like a precedent for how different you are from, I guess you could say, the rest of the peers in your industry, um, you know, which is you you made a post about the coronavirus, which is obviously, you know, being talked (laughs) about a lot. Um, it's, it's out there a lot. Everyone, I haven't, I've been hearing it at work every single day and you were talking about three ways to combat it. So the first was get more sunshine. 
The second was exercise regularly. And I was like, okay, those are pretty, you know, those are good tips. But then the third tip was the one that stood up to me the most. And I was like, how does that make sense? But your third tip was spend time with your loved ones. I'd love to know, you know, why that, why that tip? Uh, <clears throat> we are human mammals. Okay. Uh, this idea this romantic idea of going through life alone and just battling through stuff and it's all because of you is doing yourself a big disservice. And I share that because, especially in the world of business and the world of success, that lone soldier that battles through thick and thin and it's that, you know, that there's something romantic about being by yourself. Uh, in, in that capacity. It's like knowing that I did everything on my own power and I didn't have anyone to help. But there's something very real and very um, necessary, I would say, being mammals is that we are a tribal society. Um, as mammals, we work best in community. It's the reason why like a reptile, when they're born, it's like, Hi and bye. That's it. They're born and that's it. The, the parent doesn't do anything. They're just there and they fend for themselves. They're kind of programmed already with the, the, the way to succeed and to, to survive. And that's it. They don't get much teaching. But if you look at a mammal, they are dependent in the first years of their life, depending on the mammal. In our case, like we need multiple years but like if you look at animals like a fox or something like that you'll notice that they stay within the group for a while but they're being taught a lot of the skills and so being with other people you love not only enhances your life it also enhances it chemically and we are a direct function of the chemistry that is going on inside. And then when you feel sad, there's a chemistry to that. When you feel alone, there's a chemistry to that. But when you feel connected, when you feel supported, when you feel loved and you're surrounded by that, that has a chemistry that is like an army fighting for you. And that's why I said, surround yourself with people that you love because that's going to fill you with an internal army to fight against invaders. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like you're you're kind of making the direct you're making correlation between you know connection and love and science. You know, there's a science to connection. If is that if I'm not yeah. mistaken? Yeah, mostly very very much. Yeah, and you know that it seems to be that that approach that you're taking, you know, most people wouldn't, wouldn't say that, you know, most people wouldn't have the guts to say something like that. But the fact that, you know, you're putting that out, to the, out into the world is something different and it's, and it's powerful. And I think it's meaningful. And it seems that you approach your business the same way, you know, your practice the same way. And so um, what you do, to my understanding, is you help people eliminate pain and optimize their seven healths so they can show up powerfully in their relationships and live a more vibrant, service-filled life. Can you talk to me about what, what are these seven healths that you're talking about? And when you're talking about eliminating pain, in, in what fashion is it? Physical pain, you know, what, in what fashion are you helping people? 
Okay. Great question. Thank you for, for, for asking it because it is one of those things that um, oftentimes when, when you hear the word health, I think this is also part of the issue. When we talk about health, if you were to ask, if you were to try to define it, you'd have a very different answer possibly than I would. I mean, there are definitely going to be some, some things that cross over, but it's interesting that most people get distracted by tools when they talk about health instead of concepts. And that's, that's an important distinction because tools can change principles and the concepts that are at a core really should be the guiding factor. They shouldn't be shifting all that much. And so when I say health and we're talking about the seven healths, what I'm speaking about is there is financial health, there is physical health, there is emotional health, there is, um, so that's three, there is um, uh, spiritual, financial, relational health, four, uh, I'm trying to remind, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, relational, so that's five. Yeah. And then we have um, environmental health and adventure, right? So those are the seven. Let me go through them one more time since I had a, uh, a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> so we have spiritual health, emotional health. We have physical health. We have financial health, relational health, environmental health, and adventure. And each one of them serve very, very unique components of us as humans. Got it. Okay. Um, you, can, you can be great in one area or the other, but if you don't have them all, you're missing a piece of the puzzle. Hmm. You're missing that 100%, that, that optimal that you can reach. And it will cause some strife in your life and they'll cause that I wouldn't use the word imbalance, though I don't particularly like the word balance because most of life shouldn't be balanced. Uh, and we can dive into that too, if you'd like, but um, the seven healths are there and <laughs> the ones that we talked about. Yeah. And so I would like to dive into that. Actually, I, w I would like to, I mean, you work with high level CEOs, multimillionaires, athletes, Marines, firefighters, you've worked with the SWAT team um, right. in the past. And so, you know, the, the methods that you're using are obviously working and very powerful. So, you know, first I, I want to address the, the pain portion. So when you're talking about eliminating pain, is it pain across all those seven healths? And then, you know, following that, you're, you're, I, I'd love to know your theory around balance and, and kind of what that means in your practice. Sure. So pain, uh, there is a physical pain which is usually when people come to me, right? Mm -hmm. um, when people come to both my wife and my, my wife does this as well. And mm -hmm. it's, I feel this is another thing I feel blessed is that we're co-conspirators in, in this process of serving people to help eliminate pain. A lot of times it shows up as chronic pain. Got it. And, and what's interesting about chronic pain is that there really is no such thing as chronic pain. It was just pain that was never addressed properly. <laughs> it's just pain, but you just didn't get it right. So right. it keeps showing up. Well, 
what we found is that a lot of physical pain, which is when people come and when people want to do something because the discomfort is limiting them to a point where now it usually stops them from doing something that they really want. And so that at its core is where we come in. That's when the invitation comes to us. They've tried seeing other therapists, doctors, uh, you know, other health practitioners. It hasn't helped. They get a referral to us. And then that's when we get to, I say work our magic because it, it feels often like this is magic because nothing else seems to work. And yet this approach that we've taken really shifts their health. And so the first and foremost is like, okay, well, I have physical pain. It's okay. Well, what is actually causing the physical pain? It's not chasing symptoms. It's looking for what is the high, the, the highest thing where, you know, like if you're looking at a river flowing down, it's like going to the origin. That's the, where everything is starting. That's what I'm looking for. What's the source of this river uh, that's causing pain? Go up there, address that, and then peel back the layers from there. And oftentimes, like I said, it starts with the physical, but we start finding that with the physical, rarely the physical is the problem. Mm -hmm. I've act, like, this has happened, I would say more times than you would think that people come with physical pain and both my wife and I never lay a hand on the person and uncovering and peeling away layers, we discover really what the cause is. And it has nothing to do with physical stuff, yeah. but it's what, it's what's been distracting everyone else at that point, including themselves. It's like, Oh, my elbow hurts. Let me rub my elbow. And it's a natural reaction, but okay, wait, but why, 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 what, what's going on? Yeah. Does that, does it that does. make sense? It does. It does. And it's interesting what you're kind of talking about in the sense that, you know, you never put a hand on some of these people and they, they heal. Right. And I don't know if you've seen the doc. It just reminds me of this documentary that I was watching on Netflix. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's essentially a documentary that, you know, people come in to see these practitioners from everything from cancer to, um, you know, they have chronic pain or a chronic illness. And then all of a sudden, you know, through kind of some of the, healing process mechanisms that these individuals put them through in terms of like meditation, thoughtfulness, digging back to, you know, childhood memories or, or certain, you know, problems that they deal with in their day-to-day -day life. Once those are addressed, it seems like, you know, the pain almost goes away. I'm I, me watching it. I was obviously, you know, I think anyone watching that would be a skeptic, but is, okay. is this what you see in your practice? Like, do you genuinely see that? I, Okay, so I want to make sure I'm very careful in that I, I what I do is not magic, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is not magic. Um, it is very much rooted in science. The thing that I think separates a lot of the work that we do is that we work specifically with different components, specifically targeting the brain. Um, from the physical component, we've really addressed um, certain areas from a from a hierarchical standpoint you have oxygenation hydration nutrition activation relaxation and emotion if you can address all six of those then more often than not you, well let me rephrase it more often than not 
your pain is gonna is gonna be in a combination of those six. So it's oxygenation, which is one of the reasons why hydration, uh, sorry, why meditation is important. If you're doing some breathing, that helps. Oxygen, look, if you think about this, how long, what's the world record for holding your breath? Do you know what that is? Six, is it six minutes? I'm not sure. It's, clo it's closer to eight. Okay. okay, you're talking about somebody that is holding your breath. If it's oxygenated, in other words, they pump oxygen, it's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. It's almost like 30 minutes. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, so in other words, they super oxygenate and then they hold their breath. They can reach almost 30 minutes. But let's just say, let's just say 30 minutes. That's not a long time in the grand scheme of things. You can't do much without oxygen. And so if you're not breathing properly and you're not oxygenating your tissues properly, your body, your brain is going to go under threat and it starts saying, it starts sending signals of warning. That warning can come through decreased range of motion, decreased pain, decreased energy, or sorry, increased pain, decreased energy, um, uh, change in, in mood. So making sure that you're addressing the oxygen is, is huge. Hydration, I mean, we're primarily made out of water. If you're not um, pumping fluid through the body, your body's going to be more stagnant. <laughs> Take right? a exactly. sip of my water as you say that. <laughs> Take a sip of the water, right? Your, 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 body, your body is going to be stagnant. Um, I, I was just uh, writing something specifically on that about stagnation, right? Like if you think of uh, the difference between a pond and a river, what is beaming with life? A river, because it's flowing. Whenever you have flow, you have life. Whenever you have stagnation, it, it starts dying off. Mm. And, it, and that's, that's an important part of all of this. Uh, so you have the hydration. You have a nutrition, right? Like the fuel that you give in. It's either medicine or it's poison, right? Anything can be medicine or poison depending on how much and for who, right? Just because broccoli is great for you, if you're allergic to it or it makes you inflamed, broccoli is not good for you at this moment. You can't process it right now. It's got amazing cancer fighting principles, but right now it's actually causing more damage to you. So listening to your body and understanding, hey, what's the nutrition that I need to be going in right now? Which is why to me, it's kind of to say that, oh, to be a vegan or to be a carnivore, or to be this is it, you're doing yourself a big disservice because even you, where you are right now, will probably benefit from a completely different diet based off your lifestyle and what's going on and your age than perhaps in 20 or 30 years. It's just the nature of it. We are evolving and our bodies need different things at different times. Also, where are you living? Right? If you're living in Alaska, what's their diet? You know, if you look at the Inuit diet, what's their, what's their, do you think that eating fruits and vegetables is going to keep them warm? Ain't going to happen. You got to have the fat. It is part of their diet because it's part of where they are. On the flip side, where I'm at, I'm in Miami, Florida. Okay, tropical. Uh, what is it? The the meat and potatoes is good, but it's not as refreshing, and it doesn't feel as as right as some lighter fruits and vegetables when it's so hot. You don't want a heavy, thick soup of meat and potatoes when it's 90 some degrees and 90 plus percent humidity, it just, it doesn't feel the same. So 
understanding that instead of being instead of being so um what's the word i'm looking for Ze- uh like zealot like mm-hmm. about one way understand that what's the flow i'm in right now what's the stage of life i'm in right now that's mm-hmm. going to most operate under that and then you have activation are you moving your body how are you moving your body is your body in a place where it's actually supporting itself are your joints moving the way they need to ligaments muscles and then you have relaxation okay are you recovering if you're not recovering properly because you're not sleeping well because you're not creating spaces for your to go from sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic you know think of a sympathetic as your fight flight and freeze it's the thing that gets you and keeps you alive most humans i know you're in canada but i'm going to say that canada <laughs> would probably fall exactly like the us which is most people are stressed out and they live in that sympathetic state of go 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 and things feel overwhelming because there's there's too many things not enough time right so if you're in that state all the time you can't digest food properly which means you don't get the nutrition which means you don't get the energy right which means you're probably going to be inflamed because now your body is trying to process something it can't because you don't have the right resources in your gut to break it down uh so you're not recovering the way you need to so now your body goes into a more um acidic state which makes you again more susceptible to disease and so forth mm-hmm. and then um emotion right one of the things it's actually a challenge that I'm 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 thinking about uh doing is I I think I'd like to to I'm going to use the word run very much in quotes because I don't think I can run with this much weight on me but like get like a 50 or 100 pound log and put it on my back and on it right you can't always see the burden someone is carrying and the whole point of that is you look at this log and you're like yeah that's heavy that's going to hurt that's going to be exhausting and the physical stuff is easy to address like you see it or you were running and all of a sudden you got hit by a car and now your leg hurts okay i get that i know what to do with that i go get some therapy for it i go do what that i'm carrying a log that's weighing me down what do i do take it off but the motion much less clear to understand exactly what's going on what's the cause there much less clear in knowing the process how do you actually put it down that's why to me one of the the laziest things that somebody can say the one of the most unskillful approaches is just do it it sounds inspiring it's short it's sweet i get it there's great intention behind it until it's not the right thing which in many cases it gets used when people are in a dark place and somebody says just do it don't you think that if i could have just done it i would have done it right yeah. if you've ever been in that darkness and i don't know if you have i've been i have i have 1000% okay? how how helpful is it for somebody to say just do it or just snap out of it it makes it worse uh to be honest it makes it like well like you you kind of feel like 
can't like i don't you think i'm trying like what do you what do you what is it you think i'm trying to do here like obviously if i wanted to get better i'd get but i'd get better you know or if i you know if i could get better i would get better but it's not it's really not that easy right right and that's why i say it's a very unskillful approach it is a very unhelpful approach in most cases sometimes people need a kick in the butt and it's like yeah just do it but if that's your go-to, if that's your only suggestion, it's probably like you're probably asking the wrong person. And the worst part about it is oftentimes you're not even asking when you're in that dark place and people just, <laughs> this people is just what they want to volunteer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which again is very not helpful. And so the whole point of the understanding the emotional stuff is how do you, first of all, get more clarity as to what are those emotional logs that you're carrying and burdening you down? And then what's the process look like to actually putting that down emotionally? It's not the same process. And for each person, it's a different series of steps because we're, we're unique. Now, are there some similarities? Sure. But it's not a one size fits all. It's meeting the person where they are to put down those things. And that's why I say like, when you ask me about the pain, it's like, yeah, it's emotional pain. It's physical pain. They're kind of the same thing, but the process is actually quite different. And so part of this is understanding where, like what's going to cause the, what's the domino that's going to create more of the dominoes to fall over to create the impact that you want, not just chasing, not just, not, not just chasing symptoms. It's like, Oh, I feel tired. Oh, you know what? Let me get coffee. Okay, wait. Maybe, but that's not a solution. That's, that's a band-aid. If you're feeling tired every single day, okay, have you looked at your oxygenation? Have you looked at your hydration? Have you looked at your nutrition? Have you looked at your, your activation? Have you looked at your recovery, your relaxation? Have you addressed the emotions? All those things make a massive difference. I had a client once. Actually, she wasn't a client. She wasn't a client. She came in to be a client. We run a, a group training session uh, at our facility that incorporates a lot of these principles. We do exercises, but we take them through a whole brain-based uh, process to move them from sympathetic to parasympathetic and move them through this whole process. But at the time, the lady came in, um, she was really, really stressed. The times weren't great for her, like the, the availability weren't great for her. And she was juggling a lot of stuff. She had an, uh, her mom that was really sick. And so she was really stressed about that. She was really stressed about work. And she kept saying, look, I keep running more. I keep doing more exercise and I can't lose any weight. And I, and I told her, I said, look, I would love to have you come in and be part of our group, but it's not gonna serve you right now. Based off everything you told me, you don't need more, you need less. I said, I asked her for permission and I said, would you be willing to try something for two weeks? She's like, okay. I said, okay, this is what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to take 10 deep breaths in the morning and at night before going to bed. So first day in the morning and right before going to bed. 
and I want you to walk in the sun for 10 minutes every day. 10 minutes only, not 30 minutes, not an hour, not run, not do weights, just 10 minutes. She came back two weeks later. She goes, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's been two weeks. I've lost 10 pounds and I feel more at peace than ever before. It's not magic. That it's sounds listening. like magic. Oh my goodness. It, it does. Uh, it sounds it, like magic, but it's, it's, it's science. Yeah. You know, you know, the, 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 the kind of like the, the slogan that we use is we speak brain to eliminate your pain. Oh, wow. So it's understand what the brain needs. You feed the brain what it needs and the brain can do so much. Like we're so amazing. Our bodies has so much ability to adapt and to heal and to overcome. But sometimes we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. And part of our job, and I say our because my wife and my team, is to help kind of get people out of their own way and to shine a light where there is darkness, right? There's a the um, Tony Robbins. I don't know if you ever watched it, the Tony Robbins uh, I not documentary. I am not your guru, right? I say the exact opposite. I am your guru. And the, the distinction that I like to make is that this is something one of my uh, mentors taught me is that guru comes from the Sanskrit, two words from Sanskrit, which is gu, darkness, and ru, light. So a guru is actually someone who brings you from the darkness into the light. And if I'm doing my job well, that is exactly what's happening. When you come to me with your darkness, doesn't have to be like a dark, you know, whatever emotional thing, or it can be your darkness is the thing that's stopping you, the obstacle, the thing that you're in pain about. My job is to shine a light to help you take the next steps to being free from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is it. It's just been so extremely insightful, all the things that you're saying right now. And, um, you know, I just love the mission that you have. I mean, this is, this is truly, you know, what this podcast is all about. Like this is a blessed mission that you have, like you're making people feel blessed in their lives. And, um, you know, I love how meticulous your approach is because the biggest problem with today's, you know, health system, um, is that you go in to see a doctor with a symptom or an issue and they try to prescribe you something. Like I've had moments where I walk into a doctor's office and, maybe within two minutes, they try to prescribe me something. And it's like, I've, I have like, what? that was way too quick. And it, they're just slapping a bandaid on it, you know, and you're really tracing the steps back, um, asking the right questions and seeing health in a different way, because it, it really, it truly is holistic health, right? Like I've had times where, you know, um, when I was extremely overweight, when I was, um, uh, you know, probably at one of the lowest points in my life, I had just gone through a a very, you know, severe breakup at the time. And, um, I was trying to go to the gym every day and I was like trying to go, but I would wake up still feeling like a zombie, still feeling like stressed out. Um, you know, very demotivated, wasn't doing good in school, stopped doing good in school. And, you know, what I realized for me personally is until I addressed the emotional pain, um, that came from that, um, Hmm situation, I couldn't get my health right. 
like I was still gaining weight and I was still, you know, not feeling well. And that to me was an odd time because, you know, I was still trying to keep my diet relatively in check and I was still trying to keep my fitness regular, uh, uh, in check. Um, but for some reason or another, I wasn't losing weight. And in fact, at one point I was actually gaining weight and I said, what could possibly, you know, lead to this. And then slowly, but surely as I figured out how to get over my personal emotional pain, did that, you know, get fixed eventually. And, um, kind of what you're talking about too is and what I've noticed is emotional pain can lead to physical pain. And then that physical pain can lead back to more emotional pain. So it's more, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a little circle circuit. So I really respect, you know, that you're really trying to address the whole chain and break it down step by step. Um, the, the one thing I want to ask you, and I've always been very curious about it is that, you know, breath work also is something that I try to keep, stay focused on. Um, especially when I start exercising more, I realize the importance of breath, um, nutrition, obviously, but, you know, you mentioned breathing, nutrition, emotion, um, you know, these, these different aspects of getting, you know, your holistic health, right. Your complete health, right. If I don't, let's just say I'm, I'm a regular person, um, you know, or let's say I want to learn how to optimize all these aspects of my life, but I don't have the, you know, the privilege or the opportunity to meet someone such as yourself who can help me with this. How do I start? You know, where do I start? What's the process that I should go through to, you know, optimize all those areas in my life? It's a great question. Um, I would say, well, first of all, in today's day and age, access is, is everywhere, right? Like one of the, one of the things that, that my wife and I have really been really excited about is the fact that the work that we do, we do it virtually as well in, as in person. So it, it's here. Give me a call. No, <laughs> I, you know, right? I probably will at some point. <laughs> so, um, but where to start, right? And that's usually for, for sometimes when, when you're kind of stuck, it's like part of that is where do I start and where do I start? And more importantly, how do I implement it so that it becomes a long-term solution? I see people all the time, all the time. Everyone gets pumped. Anybody can do anything for, for, for two weeks. And so what happens is, or two weeks, a month, even here, here's what happens. You're like, I'm going to get in shape. What do people do? All right. Uh, especially guys, this is what happens, especially with now even more because of all the podcasts and there is a strong resurgence of this, alpha hyper masculine man like there's there's because there's so many navy seals writing books and it's awesome i love it but it's doing a lot of guys the big disservice and i say guys because guys really are the ones that res like gravitate towards it because there's a primal instinct of man wanting to be stronger like it is some of the thing my my yeah. five-year-old like it is built in that kid he wants to be strong. It's like, 
Papa, if I eat this, these vegetables, I'm going to get stronger, right? Yeah. Oh, can I do exercise with you? No, wait, here, I'm going to share this story because it's a fun story. He starts riding bicycle. Uh, he's now trying to do tricks. And he's like, can I stand on the handlebars? <laughs> I'm like, what a this, is, this is, he's five years old. And this is where it comes to, you know, being a dad and you're like, oh, okay, wait. Should I let him? Shouldn't I? And sometimes I say no, but I'm like, okay, look, I want you to try and stand on the, on the seat first. And if you can do that, then you can graduate towards the handlebars. So he figured it out and he stands on the seat and I'm like, okay, I said, you can try it there. So he tries it and he, I can see it. Like he doesn't make the full leap with both feet on, which I'm glad. But his reasoning is he stops, he jumps off the bike and he runs in, gets some water. And, he, and then he's like, Papa, I'm going to do some exercise so I can get stronger so I can stand on the, on the handlebars. Like he starts doing pushups. Wow. He starts doing squats and sit-ups and I'm like, all right, have fun. <laughs> he's got it figured out. He's got it. He's got it figured out. Oh my goodness. It's such a young age. Wow. Right. Sorry. That was a definitely. No, I a, love that story. That, tangent, was great. But that was great. I wanted to share it. Um, so that, so the idea that goes in when you see this, this hyper-masculinity, this, this, oh, this just do it attitude. It's like, oh, first of all, you got to get up at four in the morning because if not, you're not a man, you know, and then you got to hammer out a workout that if you don't have a puddle of sweat and you don't feel like vomiting, you didn't do anything, right? So all these guys get pumped up. They do it for week one and they feel amazing. They're like, oh, freaking awesome. Week two starts wavering and motivation isn't there the same. Now lack of sleep and possibly not great nutrition and possibly a whole bunch of other emotional stuff that you've been suppressing that you're trying to cover with this, this hyper masculinity now starts digging in. And then what happens? Invariably life happens. And before you know it, instead of toning it down, you stop all altogether because you're so exhausted and it's non-sustainable, non-sustainable. So, where do you start? Start by being consistent. And the way you're going to be consistent is by using one rule. Is what can I do every single day, even on my worst day? Start there and do that for 30 days. Do that for 60 days. Do that for 90 days. That's your minimal effective dose so that you don't go crazy and overdo it and now like you've 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 dipped into the red way too much so again i talked about a few different things let me just codify it real quick where to start start with minimal effective dose that you can sustain and the way you're going to know that this is the minimal effective dose is what can you do consistently um even on your worst day so imagine a day that you have the flu can you still do it can you still be successful i did that let me actually can, can i share a story real quick yes absolutely um november of 2018 i ran my first 100 milers 
through the mountains of Alabama. It started on one city. I ran through the trails, through the mountains, and I ended up in another city. It was a point-to-point -point race in Alabama. First 100-miler, and it was the most painful thing in my life. After mile 28, 29, every step felt like I had knives stabbing me in the quad. I still had 71 miles to go. And every step felt like I was being stabbed with knives on my quads. My goodness. At the end of that race, by the time I finished, I had two thoughts that crossed my line. Thought one, I can definitely do this faster. Thought two, if I can endure this amount of pain, I can run 200 and 300 miles. This is immediately after the race. This, these wild. were my two thoughts, right? When I did that, I broke through so many mental barriers and so many physical barriers that I never knew possible. I never knew I could endure that much pain. It took me 28 hours and 58 minutes. No, 59 minutes. It was almost 29 hours. Had I not had the pain, I'm pretty sure I could run under 24 hours. But I'm going to get a chance because in April, I'm going to run my second one. <laughs> so That's we'll find out. Um, but when I finished that, there were lots of people congratulating me. And it felt good. But they missed. They thought that it was like, oh, Armando is special. Not everybody can do 100 miles. What they didn't see was what happened four years earlier. Four years earlier, I reached a point in my life where I was like, I am very inconsistent with my training. I would train, but I would do like two or three days of running and then I wouldn't do anything else. And then the next week I'd be like, oh, I'd lift two days and then I wouldn't do anything. And then the next week is like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do a, a yoga session or something like that. And then nothing else for the six remaining days. And I didn't like it. I wanted more consistency. So I did exactly what I just shared with you, which is I decided to do, actually there were six at the time, habits. Habit number one was take 40 breaths every day. Habit number two, do 10 minutes of movement every day. And movement, as I defined it, was moving my body in such a way that moving my, my muscles, my joints, my ligaments, my body in such a way that energizes, excites, and leaves me feeling better than when I started. That's my definition for movement, okay? Um, make a video every day, write 50 words every day, connect with three people, every day and read five pages in a book every day. So four years ago, I started that. I want to zoom into the 10 minutes of movement for a second. Because yes, I did that. I did that for almost two years. And then I decided, huh, I wonder if, so I didn't miss a day for almost two years. And I decided, what if I could do the same thing with running? And I said, what if I could run 30 minutes every single day for 30 days? Now, sp something to note about that particular one. That one kind of breaks the rule of what happens on your worst day. 
because if you have the flu, I don't know if I'd be able to run, run, run right. uh, for 30 minutes. Um, if I broke my leg, I don't know if I'd really be able to run for 30 minutes. But the idea was I've already created like the minimum. This was more a challenge. So I decided 30 minutes for 30 days. And when I did it, I was like, huh, this wasn't that bad. What if I moved it all the way to five weeks and every five weeks I increased 15 minutes? How, like how much could I take that to? So I did 30 minutes for five weeks, 45 minutes, 60 minutes for five weeks, 75, 90 minutes, uh, what is it, 105? And then I did two hours, an hour 20 nice. for five weeks. And it was around that time that I'm like, oh, I mean, with all that running, I started kind of exploring some of these other options. I was like, I'd like to try a hundred miler. And I signed up for a hundred miler. I share that because it's easy to get lost and celebrate the hundred miler, but forget the four years before of consistency that I still hold to this day. I still do 10 minutes and I still run every day. Um, that I built up slowly, systematically, consistently, that allowed my body to adapt over time. Um, just as, a, as an aside, those 50 words, same exact thing. Those 50 words for a year and a half basically trained me to get what was in my head, think clear and put it down on paper, which led me to be able to write my book that became a bestseller, which was mind blowing to me. The reaching out to three people has exponentially increased the amount of people that I'm connected to that we've built meaningful relationships. The reading five book, the reading a minimum of five pages every day has expanded my knowledge. The meditation work has not only got me better beat breathing, created more space, more peace. It's also got me more interested in my faith and exploring that more. So all these little things that didn't seem like much create a space and a momentum for you to catapult from in the future if you choose to use it or not. Hey there, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. If you are enjoying what you hear, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes for a quick minute, leave a five-star review, and tell us what you like about the show. We want this Bless for Success message to catch fire, and the only way that is possible is with your help and support. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get back to the show. You've kind of described something that I'm just learning now, which is, you know, and this is one of the main reasons that people fail at their New Year's resolutions, right? You set these big audacious goals for yourself, um, you know, at the beginning of the year or whenever, like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon or this and, and, but what they don't, and then, you know, they put it together, okay, I'm going to start running an hour every day or, you know, something like that. And you realize very quickly, and this is why they quit is that, you know, it's just not a good way to build sustainability from the beginning because you need to start from the ground up. I mean, I'm not sure if you can see my whiteboard back here, but um, you know, one thing that I've been trying to incorporate into my life more is meditation. And before I was kind of five minutes here, 10 minutes there, two minutes here. 
but you know, me realizing the value of it, I'm just trying to incorporate it into my life every day. So I have a, you know, a tracker that every day without fail, five minutes, just five minutes of meditation every day and just track it at the end of each day, you know, kind of hit a tick mark, um, on my tally. And that's, that's that, by the way, that's huge. Uh, Peter Drucker, if it doesn't get measured, it doesn't get improved. Yes. Right. Right. If, if you, if you don't track it, it's easy to think that you're consistent, but when you track it, it's top of mind. Sorry, I didn't want to jump in, but you're, you're hundred percent on point. No, that. you're absolutely right. If it doesn't get measured, um, like you can't succeed at it particularly, or you can't even the, the biggest thing for me, honestly, like from tracking it is not just to see the progress I've made, but also there's kind of a reward to it. You know, there's a reward right. to seeing how much progress I've, I've done and, and, you know, the consistency that I've built. And then after the 30 days, you know, for, for February, my, my, uh, habit was, um, intermittent fasting. Mm. And so, you know, that's something that I've been able to incorporate naturally into my life as if it's not really a big deal. Whereas in February, it was a bit trickier. Um, you know, and so what you're describing is, is, is kind of exactly that, which, um, which I love. It's, you know, there's a lot of preparation and there's a lot of work that goes behind kind of slowly building yourselves up to those, um, to those big goals and those big aspirations. Um, and I want to get, you mentioned your book, which, um, you know, is you're the author of the legacy code, um, the modern man's guide to escape obscurity and live a life unleashed. Um, you know, I want to talk more about that. Where did the inspiration for that book come from? Um, and you know, what did you really make it for? So let me share the story behind it. Um, this is as many things tend to be, uh, when you hit those cross, like if you look back in your life and how old are you now, Tanvir? I'm 24. You're 24, right? So with each passing year, I just turned 40 and I can look back and I'm like, man, there's been a few crossroads in my life. There's been, there have been few, uh, a few people in my life that because I met them shifted the course of my life. There have been few, a few moments that because of them, they shifted the direction of my life. Can you, can you actually touch on what those moments were? Cause I'd love to know those, those moments that shifted the trajectory of your life. I'd, I'm really curious to know what those were. And then, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I would love to know, to know yeah, and, okay. um, if you could describe how that impacted the book eventually. Uh, okay. Um, so here, here are a few. Um, I remember I don't, I did, I didn't like to read and I was poor at reading. So I read less because it was hard for me to read, which meant like, oh, by the time I read the beginning, I, I forgot what happened. Sorry. By the time I got to the middle, I already forgot what happened in the beginning. Uh, it was just, I was not great at it. There was a, there's a, there's a high school teacher of mine. He was my philosophy professor. This was in 10th grade. And he was like the Renaissance man. Like I could ask him about anything and he knew. And when I asked him like, how is it? And he talked about his library, how much he read. And when I got to know him more, we became really good friends. 
I started creating my own library. I didn't start reading them yet, but I started creating it. <laughs> um, that would come later. That would come later. I started reading some, but not much. They were just collecting dust for a little while, but it's they part were of collecting dust. Right, exactly. But um, it was a seed, right? And uh, it was it was the beginning of oh wait, there was a connection of if I want to grow, if I want to be knowledgeable, which to me were very important. I should probably be a person that reads if I want to do that. And he was somebody I really looked up to. And so what were his habits? He read. Okay. If he read, that's probably one I got to write down. I may not be ready mentally right now to do it, but I'm, I'm, I got to write that down and let me start by collecting. Cause I like, you, I get excited about stuff. I'm like, all right, I collect things. I'm like, all right, great. I can, I can buy a book. So that was a big one. Um, I remember when my friend, uh, Alex, good friend of mine, I went to school with him since kindergarten and we went through school all the way through university. He's also an entrepreneur now, but I remember being my getting my my master's in physical therapy i was in a clinical and i was by myself one evening and he called me and he said i did it i was like what do you mean he goes i created an llc i created my own company and i was like what tell me about it i was like intrigued what do you mean how did you do that he told me about it and then after i hung up with him i'm like well if he can do it i could do it and I went and I created an LLC. I didn't even have a company. I didn't even have a business. <laughs> but I went and I did one because like I'm a, one of the, I guess one of my strengths is I'm start, I can start quick. I don't always finish everything. But when I see an opportunity, I'm going to jump and jump, which, which drives my wife crazy because she's the exact opposite. But it's wonderful because we balance each other out. It's hard for her to start. Uh but she has to complete stuff. So she's a wonderful editor. The idea of a blank canvas to her scares the crap out of her. You give her something, she can make it better. So it's great because my superpower is let me create and then, all right, make it better, make it better. Uh, the book itself, she was the primary editor. She was the primary editor and if it wasn't for her, the book would probably not be uh, legible because I, my, my, my way of thinking is, you know, uh, you know what, um, what is this thing? Like the, um, uh, a brain, uh, a mind map, you know, like a yes. mind map that you like the bubbles all over the place. That's yep. how my brain thinks, but she's very linear. She's very sequential. And when you're writing a book, that you want somebody to follow, you want to be sequential. You don't want to be mind mapping it, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, no, no, we have to organize this like this. We have to, okay, tell me more about this. Do you have a story that can illustrate this? So she really helped bring the book to life. Um, so that was another moment. But I, I kind of want to fast forward because this was one of the most pivotal moments and one of my darkest moments. And it, it was about six years ago. My wife and I still have our fitness and physical therapy studio in Miami. And 
I don't know if you've ever felt trapped. I don't know if you've ever felt like weighed down and you just can't see a way out. That's, that's the feeling that I had. I felt like from the outside, we had a, we have a great marriage, uh, great business. You know, we have a, we have a normal house. We have a house. We have, we each have a car. We have our health. We have a wonderful family. And I found myself saying, is that all there is? Not, is that all there is? Like, oh, I want a bigger car, bigger house. I felt like there was something missing that I wanted to do more and I didn't know what it was. And what was happening was my, I, the business that I created now started feeling like a prison because I felt like this is important, but there's something else and I can't, I felt like I couldn't break away from it. And it put me in such a dark place that I almost bankrupted the entire business. It put me in such a dark place that I would leave work and come home and sleep four to six hours in the middle of the day. It put me in such a dark place that I was turning business down even though we couldn't pay our bills because I had no, I, I just couldn't muster it up. I'm like, why am I even here? What am I doing? Like, I, I, I don't even know who I am right now. The exact opposite of the person I had been my entire life. And I didn't know what to do with it. And then around that time, one of my mentors reached out to me and he said, I'm doing a retreat in Thailand. I think this could really help. And I remember getting that call and thinking to myself, well, and, and going and sharing that with my wife. And I remember what she said. She goes, do you think this can help? And I said, yeah, I do. And the next thing she said was probably one of the greatest acts of courage I've ever experienced in my life. She said to me, then you need to go do it. Before I continue with what she said, there were two problems with going on that retreat that I failed to mention. Problem number one, like I mentioned before, was I was bankrupting the, the business. Not on purpose, but because I just wasn't there. So I didn't have the money. Problem two, the retreat was one week, or the, the retreat, the retreat ended one week before my wife's due date with our third child. So she was pregnant at the time that all of this happened. So those two things are big. And I remember her saying, do you think this can help? I said, yes. She goes, then you need to go and do it. Because I would rather you miss the birth of our third child than you miss the rest of our lives because you're not the man, the husband, and the father that I know you can be. And I was like, oof. I'm like that. I'm, that's, <laughs> I'm, uh, wow. I, that's incredible. So fast forward after that, I, we finally make a decision together. Yes, I'm going to go. We figure out, we get the money somehow. I forgot how I be honest. I've completely forgot how we got the money. I left to Thailand. 
I gained the clarity that I needed. I realized there was nothing wrong with the business that I had. And again, I, I loved my clients. I was just, this was an internal struggle. This wasn't a physical one. I realized that the business that I had, number one, was not only fulfilling, but it was exactly what I needed to be doing. But then I realized, what was that other thing I was missing? What was that other thing that I was looking for? And it was, it was me. It was, how can I serve other men just like me? Married men with a, that are entrepreneurs that are family-centric. Not profit-centric, family-centric that really want to create a meaningful legacy. When I realized that, it's like it, the, the shackles came off and I felt free. I created these coaching programs, I created these experiences for married men to experience a more powerful marriage, a more powerful health, a more powerful business, a more powerful impact and legacy. Um, and I started working with them when I returned. But when I returned, I, I started reaching out to the men in my, in my community and started working with them. And I did that for about two years. And I realized one thing. I said, there's more people that need access to this. But not everyone is ready for coaching. And coaching is a luxury. And I say that because... We've survived and gotten to this point in, in the world without coaching. I mean, coaching is a rarely, fairly new thing, this term coaching. But coaching is not for surviving. Coaching is not for surviving. Coaching is for thriving. This is somebody who wants to leverage their time, leverage their money, leverage speed, in which to grow. They want to leverage clarity. And so I realized that number one, not everyone was able to afford it and not everybody was ready for it. So I decided to write this book and I addressed it to men, but the principles apply to men and women. In fact, half of the readers have been women and they're like, Hey, but this works for women. And I said, yeah, cause you guys can figure that out that, this works for you. If I don't say that this is for men, half of them would say, ah, he's not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to make sure it was explicit. This is for a man. I want you to read this. If you, well, let me rephrase that. If where you are right now, you want to grow from, this is a book that I, that I feel could really help you in a meaningful way. Uh, if you're happy and content with where you are and you don't, you're like, I'm choosing to do the day to day and keeping that cool. You're probably not going to need this book, but if what you want to do is grow, thrive and excel, then this book is, is going to be that. Does that answer? I think your question for the yes. origins. Yes, <laughs> it, it definitely does. And, um, I'm honestly just kind of blown away, uh, by, by everything from that, you know, from the moments that changed your life, um, you know, all the, all the advice that you've shared here today. And I honestly, I feel like I could talk to you forever about it. Like there's so many things and hopefully we'll get the opportunity to do, um, you know, another episode at some point, because I know that there's a lot of things that 
we could have covered even more, you know, there's, there's layers to this. And um, I think everyone that listens to this show in particular will be able to, to this episode in particular, will be able to, you know, kind of go back and say, okay, let me take a look at my life. Let me mind map my life and then see how I can put these things together, you know, whether it be health relationships, um, you know, emotional health. Um, I mean, we didn't even get to financial health, which is one thing that uh, hopefully we can talk about in the future. But, you know, first of all, tremendous respect to you for, um, you know, making it through that, that time of, of feeling trapped. Um, even as you started to mention this, talk about the story, I started to feel kind of shackles that I don't even have on come off, you know, because of um, the aware, the, you know, the journey that you went through and respect tremendous respect to your wife as well right i can't i can't imagine what that moment felt like to you for for you know working with you on that and and you know kind of agreeing to to let you go on that trip yeah no i that's what i mean if you're a pregnant woman like you don't want to add more more emotional fuel to that fire and for her to have that like I said, that courage and that stability to be able to express that so powerfully and say, look, I can see the bigger picture and I want you in it. And it's better that you miss this than you keep doing what you're doing because I can't help you anymore. I don't know how to help you. And you just keep like this. And I never see the man that I know that you can be, that I never see that that father that I know that you are because you're dying inside is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, definitely the hero in the story is, is, is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so incredible. Uh, most definitely a power couple, a power family, obviously with your five-year-old um, boy who's doing the tricks on the bike already. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a very insightful conversation. Again, thank you so much. And, you know, I want to end, end the way I kind of always end every one of these episodes, which is um, at this point in time, you know, what does success mean to you and what will it mean for you moving forward? Success means a few things um, on different levels. So success in, in my marriage is making sure that my wife is taken care of, making sure that I can connect with her in a meaningful way and that we create intimate and exciting moments together to, to, to grow together. That's success for me. If we're not growing, that's not a successful marriage. For my kids, it's it's them growing into amazing humans that can contribute to this world. And I believe a big component of that is number one, being very clear in their values. Number two, being curious. I call it adventure. Um, we didn't, we didn't jump into adventure, but adventure, I, I define adventure as a mindset of possibility, curiosity, a wondering of what's around the corner. If I can instill that in them, there's nothing they can't achieve. There's nothing they can't learn. And if they combine that with 
service to me serving other people is is a huge thing so from my family perspective i would say those are the two things from the business and kind of the mission of why i'm here in this world is to continue to share this kind of a message so that number one people feel empowered to know that just do it is not a meaningful process that there is more to you and if you're willing to peel back the layers and shine the light or get somebody to help you shine the light when you're in your darkness, there is some amazing potential that you're capable of. And if I can get people to see that, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, relationally, uh, uh, physically, um, in their adventure and their growth, then I feel like that's success for me. Just so, just so powerful, um, just so meaningful. And this, this, this one's going to stick, you know, this one's really going to stick with me. Um, I'm going to be thinking about everything you said for, for the next while. Um, just, just tremendous conversation uh, with you. Um, thank you so much. And, you know, where can people find you uh, on social media? Where can they find the book? Um, which is obviously all things I'll link in the show notes, but where are the best places to go? Sure. The book, uh, I mean, you can go get it on Amazon. Uh, if you want to go and you're like, well, what's this book about other than what we spoke about and you want to hear a little bit more, uh, you can go to legacycodebook.com. You can purchase it there, which it's essentially a link to Amazon. Um, there's a synopsis there. Uh, I also did for the book what I call the virtual book tour, which is I went on, I think it was like almost 30 different podcasts talking about different components of the book. And so every, every uh, host asked different questions. They asked different uh, angles of it that I think really brought the book to light in many different angles that I hadn't considered. And it was a wonderful journey for me as well to, to make those connections from the different angles. And so if you want to kind of venture through that, you'll see all those podcasts in there. Um, you can find me at my name, armandocruz.com. If you find yourself that you're in chronic pain and you kind of want to deal with some of that, you can go to our company site, which is cruise, like my last name, cruzcountry.com. And then I'm on all uh, social media. You'll find me on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, which is where we got to connect. Yes. And um, my Instagram, I am there. Uh, but what you'll find in Instagram are my tinkerings and my adventure. I don't talk that much about business there. I talk a lot more about uh, different things I'm creating. Like right now I'm, I'm essentially drawing every single day on a three by six card, a wolf, not the same wolf, but a wolf. Don't ask me why I chose one thing. I decided to choose one thing. I chose a wolf. If I, I'm, I'm 33 days into it at this point, I'm stuck with it for the year because I decided, <laughs> but if I had to go back at it, I probably would choose something that doesn't have so much hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of single lines there. That's a lot of, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. I, I tinker around. I make stuff with wood. I make stuff blacksmithing. I like making knives. I like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in. It usually comes out there. My adventures with my kids, I, you know, whether we're hiking, camping, running, making fires, whatever it is, it's usually there in some capacity. So if you want 
a little bit more of the of the of the non-business that's where you'll find it so awesome i'm gonna definitely link that all in the show notes um again i gotta say that i gotta say, say this again because this really was truly a very impactful conversation for for myself and i hope for my listeners as well um armando thank you so so much for coming on the show today it's it's honestly been a real treat to to talk to you and and have this chat tanvir it's been an awesome conversation thank you so much for having me thank you for 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 creating such a wonderful environment and 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 being such a gracious host i i really appreciated um this conversation and uh i wish you nothing more but but, but success thank you so much that was extremely blessed thank you